listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Whoever worships evil's might, Bazinga! I am Wonder Woman, champion of all, and with me, my trusted sidekick, Pow Girl, secretly known as the Librarian Ray. Hello! <laughs> yeah, she's a librarian, so she's kind of cute like that. And together, we fight justice in the town of Manhattan against, sadly, her husband, Lord Deathman, also known as Neil. Greetings and welcome your ruin. Mm, Due to the death of someone close to them, they fight a bitter rivalry, a bitter rivalry held in the highest clock tower in the city. Hold on, I'm getting a call from the PR department. Hello? Yeah, I just went through the spiel. What do you mean I can't use any of it? What do you mean it's all trademarked? Oh, surely something was original and that... Even Pow Girl? That was something I pulled out of my... Oh, you are fucking me. Okay, um, well, I guess, uh, we'll have to fight crime another day when you come up with something original. Um, I guess, uh, in the meantime, I will go back to the bat kit. Nope. We'll go back to the hideout that is of uncopyrighted origin and, I guess, review this latest superhero movie, Samaritan, action-packed Sylvester Stallone extravaganza as we wait for the trademarks to go through i guess if anyone wants to go into the summary while we wait for the bureaucracy to happen that would be great well i'd like to go through the summary but the summary is kind of just (sighs) here i am i'm going to say (laughs) something i'm trying i'm trying so hard there's a lot that i like about this film but I think you're right. There's some things you said in your intro where it's kind of something we've seen before. It's it's paint by numbers. We've done this. So basically you've got this kid and he is obsessed with this superhero, if you will, that used to be in town years ago. And he had a brother and one of them's good and one of them's evil. And then supposedly they got killed and I don't know what to do with this because (laughs) I like Stallone a lot. He is one of my favorites and I like the kid in this, but there's something about it that just is so paint by numbers. We end up with two guys 
the superheroes. We're not sure if they're dead or not. We're not sure what happened to them exactly. Some people believe they both died. Some people believe they're both alive. And this kid, he's a garbage man that lives across the way from him. And he runs into him and he all of a sudden becomes convinced that he is the Samaritan. This good guy superhero that supposedly died, but he's still alive. And... Along with his brother, Nemesis, who has a magic hammer that is not at all Thor's. One of my issues with this is that I feel like there's something missing. I feel like they left something on the cutting room floor that gave me a little more world building that explained why these two were born with these powers. And why does it seem like they're the only two in the world that were born with these powers? That's actually one of the complaints that I had about this film was that it feels like the world is essentially Detroit. Yeah. Or at least not to insult people from Detroit, the movie version of Detroit, which is... Granite City. Yes, Granite City, a bunch of people who are struggling to get by. And then there are these two superheroes, well, one superhero, one supervillain, that just happened to also have existed in it, and there are no others, and there's no explanation as to why they're like this, and also the magic hammer that was created with the villain's hatred, how that works, is never really explained either. Mm -hmm. So it's just like you have this very normal, urban, poor, realistic world with this superhuman element attached on top of it with nothing to kind of connect the two other than we're making this a superhero movie. Well, yeah, you know, the summary could be young person thinks their neighbor is someone and then it builds off that. And I didn't think of it till you said it. I do like your Detroit connection because in the bad guys layer, there is a RoboCop video game and RoboCop (laughs) is set in Detroit. And other than the absence of OCP running the city, these two cities are very much alike that almost everyone's effed there's very few that aren't living hand to mouth in this gritty dirty world that 20 25 years ago samaritan almost made a better place but after that it got worse the fallout from those two falling made it worse but i agree with both of you that I enjoyed this but there's so much missing of we're supposed to just jump in years after something happened and get invested and get interested, but they give us nothing other than a Cain versus Abel story, sort of. Kinda. And we're supposed to pick up from that and get invested. And I think there's just enough to get interested, but I don't know if there's enough to get invested in, like, care. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with any of the performances or the storyline per se. You know, in particular, like, Javon Walton, who... I previously saw in Umbrella Academy, you know, he does a very fine job as a young actor, which I tend to personally like to shout out because being a good young actor is hard to do. I mean, Stallone is being Stallone. Mm -hmm. So you either like it or you don't. He is, but he's not being the stereotypical like 80s, 90s action hero Stallone where he's 
perfect and great, and you know he'll rise above every challenge. It's not quite that version, so I'll give Stallone points of not playing the hero perfect type that we usually see in a lot of his. Right, but at the same time, he's also leaning into the, I used to be a hero, and now I'm not. True. You know, and that is the thing, the reason I chose the intro that I did, which is, as Ray pointed out, this film leans into a lot of tropes that are superhero. You know, it has the minion of the villain who is willing to do anything for him that is very reminiscent of Harley Quinn. You have the two brothers that are on opposite sides of the moral divide fighting against each other that you can see their viewpoint. I mean, that's like Charles Xavier and Magneto. You've got the little kid who's hopeful for his hero. I mean, that's a Jimmy Olsen right there. The magic hammer is Thor's hammer. I mean, it plays into a lot of superhero tropes, which in and of themselves are fine. But the problem with it is that we live in a post-Marvel Cinematic Universe world that uses material that's been around for nearly a hundred years at this point. It's very hard to do something new to begin with. So if you're going to come at me with something new, with characters that I don't know and I need to become attached to, if you don't give me something new, I can just turn my head slightly and find something else. It's a lot harder to get a foothold in the superhero world if you're starting from scratch. And if you do, you have to do something new, despite the fact that The Simpsons did it first. (laughs) So it's incredibly hard. And I don't think this movie did that. Well, and you've got the writer of this. He is the same guy who wrote the graphic novel that it's based on. And I've not read that. So I would be interested to know, you know, how much this took from that and how much he deviated when he wrote the screenplay. Because I'm wondering if that is just as derivative And I hate to call it, you know, again, derivative sounds like a bad word, but you're right. It's kind of derivative. We've seen this a hundred times before. And like I said, I love Stallone, but the movie itself, I can kind of see why this got pushed and pushed and pushed. Now, part of it was COVID, you know, part of it, they filmed during COVID and they had to stop and everything else. But this thing just got pushed and pushed and pushed. It was supposed to be in theaters. And then after it was supposed to be in theaters, they said, well, we're going to put it in theaters and VOD at the same time. And then it was going to be shelved. And then it got sold to Amazon. And I don't know. I don't think anybody quite knew what to do with this, even though it was Stallone. I think that there might have been that little bit of... How can we compete against Disney? Yeah. I mean, you know, we've seen this before and it's not as good as what we now expect in this post-MCU world. Yeah. And like the one novel thing that they did do that was like I thought was really interesting they didn't do enough of and I mean this is kind of a spoiler but since it leans into tropes it's kind of not a spoiler which is the concept of the Samaritan and Nemesis are twins so you think oh the kid thinks that he's Samaritan obviously he's going to be Nemesis in reality which is such a trope And then when it gets to the end, it's like it makes it ambiguous as to who he actually is, which I'm like, that is interesting. And as soon as they reveal that part, it ends. And it's just like the one novel thing you have about it, you end the movie on. It's like, 
Yes, you're right. That's one of the first things I said when this was over. I was like, that ended abruptly. Right. It's sad because it's not a bad movie. It's just, it's one that has been done before. So it's right there in the middle as to whether or not to get excited about it. Which is sad when there are solid performances from everybody and the story itself is fine. It's just not at all unique. Yeah, I think one performance, though, that doesn't live up that could have was the villain's main right-hand woman, Harley Quinn allegory, Syl, who has a few lines and then is, spoiler, taken out nonchalantly. It just happens kind of by accident, like not given anything really to do other than be there from time to time. Everyone else, yes, I think gets some scenes to do some scenery to chew, whatever, she's underplayed big time, and I don't blame her at all for that. Yeah, I mean, they could have gone and explored why she's like that. They have, like, maybe a paragraph of her saying exposition, talking about it. And they don't even really connect. Is she, like, a sister to him? A lover to him? Nothing. It's just, like, they care about each other a lot. Mm -hmm. Nothing, Nothing else. And they don't even really explain how they got to be that way to begin with other than I was living in a car and then Cyrus came the end. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then on top of that, you know, the whole concept of Nemesis's goal, you know, cause that's the big thing with the villain side is Nemesis having a Magneto esque ideology of helping the little people and the way of helping the little people The first act was essentially to break a mom-and-pop store window and cause rioting to a whole bunch of, like, local things, which is like, how is this helping the little people? Um, Yeah, that was... Oh, Mindy, you hit it on the head. That was one of the first things that I said when that happened. I was like, so the first thing you do to help these people in this neighborhood who are downtrodden, et cetera, et cetera, is you cause a blackout in their neighborhood. How is that helping anybody? I totally didn't understand how Cyrus, who's trying to be Nemesis, is trying to cause people to rally behind him. Because he says this speech and immediately breaks a mom and pop shop window. And everyone's like, yeah! I'm like, hold up. If I was in that crowd, I'd be like, you're just being a douche. Why? I don't. But no, a rally! It was like, no, it's underbaked. He's the counterpart to Sam, which is also the first three letters in Samaritan, that Sam has put Samaritan on a pedestal. Sam is the little kid, by the way. Yeah. And Cyrus has put Nemesis on a pedestal, and neither one know anything really about them. No. They've been gone for 20, 25 years. They were enigmas even when they were around, but that's not explored very well at all of their ideology of two people they never met, never understood. It's not like there were books about them or they had TV shows or interviews, nothing. Two brothers who fought that were divided at the death of their parents and then ended up being opposites trying to stop each other. That's all they know. That's not tapped into, and that could have been a big part of the plot line, but it isn't. Yeah, why do Sam and Cyrus idolize them? That's, nope. And to y'all's point, Cyrus thinks he knows what Nemesis was doing. Nemesis' whole thing was make the world hurt like it hurt him. That's it. But Cyrus is like, no, he was a hero to everyone else, the downtrodden. But then Cyrus is stepping on the downtrodden to start doing that. 
Yeah, it's just, it feels incredibly half-baked. That's the thing about this film is that it feels like we're trying to make a film with our message, but we have to put a superhero veneer over it. So here, we're just going to slap a superhero sticker on it and we'll be done. And it's just like that undermines both of your stories. And in turn is like leaves you with a half-baked story, which is disappointing. Agreed. Yep. I mean, I don't have anything else to say that doesn't go into spoiler territory, so. And on that kind of struggling to find something to say because it's so middle ground, how about we go into final thoughts? Uh, Ray, how about you go ahead? This film, as we said, is missing something. First of all, you know, you do have a lot of tropes and everything that we've seen before. There's not a lot of new ground here. Although there could have been, there's a couple of things in here that really could have been explored. But like I said, it seems like somebody either didn't do it at all or left it on the cutting room floor or something like that. And it's kind of a shame because we've got good performances. You know, it looks like they spent money on this. It looks good. The fight sequences, some of them are really good. And you've got Stallone who, like I said, I am a big Stallone fan. I love Stallone. I just have since I was a kid and you've got him playing this superhero but an older superhero so therefore you can believe the fact since he's got powers you can believe the fact that he can do some of these things as to where if you know he were playing rocky balboa again who's supposed to be you know a real life person then we put him in the ring and you're saying oh he can still you know go toe-to-toe with the best of them (laughs) you know that's not gonna work so at least alone played into something here that works for him and it's something he knows how to do well but at the same time the whole thing is just kind of tropey and been there and done that and missing something. And I hate to say that because this movie should have been right up my alley. I love superhero movies. I love the fact that this was a world that I wasn't familiar with. Maybe we were going to get something new. And like I said, I love Stallone. But at the end of the day, it kind of just sits there. And I enjoyed watching it once, but I probably will never watch it again, unfortunately. It's not something I'll put in my queue and go back to. So at the end of the day, I'm going to have to give this only about six out of ten broken watches. And you, Neil. We've said a lot of it. I, I enjoyed the performances for the most part. I think, like I said, the character of Syl doesn't get to do anything. That may have been what gets cut out. Javon Walton, who plays Sam, does well, but it is almost very much like his character and performance in Umbrella Academy. It's not exact. It's not like he just parroted that, but it, it's similar as in the character is fatherless, looking for a father, and how he goes about it, very precocious and rule-breaking. Salone's taking a chance and playing something different we haven't seen him really play, where he comes from these action movies where he can overcome all the odds and is the good guy, and this isn't necessarily that. He's just a garbage man who has an affinity for fixing old broken things. Cyrus does do a good job most of the time chewing up the scenery, and you've seen him in Game of Thrones as you're on Greyjoy, which he was great in that. He fit that character perfectly, but Cyrus's drive makes no sense most of the time. You find out inadvertently he's got control of some cops, but he has no qualms about just killing off his cops that are in his employ. And what's his really mission? Because he's 
stepping on the people he's trying to lift up. So there's shit that just doesn't make sense. And to what Ray said, these were the only two ever. That's a mystery in itself. Why were they picked? And it did so little and went so wrong with these two. You know, where'd they come from? A lab experiment, divine intervention, aliens from another planet, a la Superman. I don't know. You won't know. The movie's not going to tell you. I don't think it was a waste of time, but I can't give it very good ratings. I'm going to give it five out of 10 feet of copper wire. I mean, I could just go back and say everything I've already said, much like this movie. I think this is a type of movie that if it had characters that you knew, it would be a lot better because it wouldn't have spent time establishing characters that you already know. But here's the thing. You don't know who these people are. I didn't even know this was a graphic novel until Ray mentioned it and I glanced over at the wiki. Like, these are not characters that people are going to know and have a relationship with. So you can't just jump into the story as though your audience is automatically going to be invested. As we have said, we live in an oversaturated superhero world and if you're going to come in with something new, you got to give me something new. And this one doesn't. And on top of that, the stuff that it does give, a lot of it, it doesn't explain. As Neil said, the whole concept of where their powers come from, the concept of what exactly is Cyrus planning to accomplish, and furthermore, what were Samaritan and Nemesis planning to accomplish, why does it matter that everybody's in poverty, like Sam's family and all that? What happened to his dad? What happened to Cyrus's family? Like, these are things that come up in the plot but are never explained. And in turn, you just have a very shortened script, essentially, and a storyline that is just made of tropes that you've seen before. And so while it's fine, as I've said, all the performances are pretty solid it's just you watch it going "Eh, okay move on to the next thing because this doesn't give me anything to grab onto to be excited about for the next it's middle of the road it's what it is so i am going to give it three out of five hammers that disney please don't sue us for having a hammer (laughs) 